surprise. Hi, friends. I know you were expecting the first episode in our Miyamoto Usagi Lady Tomoame uh, discussion, uh, but a lot has happened since the uh, since we said goodbye to Norn and Don. Uh, one. We were named the sixth best podcast for book lovers by BuzzFeed, and um, we dropped a Patreon account uh, since the last episode, and we're incredibly proud of uh, launching this next phase in CBCC, and we are also quite surprised by those that have already joined us, Uh, but... For those that don't follow us on Twitter, and how dare you, or Instagram, how dare you again, uh, at CBCC Podcast, we wanted to make you aware of what's happening and why we're doing this. And we talk about that all here at the top of this episode uh, before we get into discussing the Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. These Patreon episodes are much more loosey-goosey, as Lisa would say, and give us an opportunity to talk about a wide range of things outside of our normal topics of conversation, right? So we can talk movies, uh, we can talk about jogging and our experiences there, and we can finally do some single-issue reviews and talk about what's hitting stands every Wednesday, because, man, Ten of Swords, guys, Ten of Swords, I want to talk about Ten of Swords! Uh, But without uh, any more blather, let's get right into this uh, episode. I hope you enjoy it, and uh, I hope to see you over on our Patreon, where we got a lot more going on than just these episodes. We also have a Slack channel, and the Slack channel's been a lot of fun as well this past week. Much love to Gabe and Max and Jason and Joe and Zirin. Uh, who have been keeping me company late at night on that channel. Uh, Like I said, it's been a lot of fun. So here we go. Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Is it garbage? Mm, Maybe not. Okay, Lisa, are you ready to kick off this new era of CBCC? I was born ready. Hit it! Kill all hail the king. Born in 1917, Jacob Kurtz, supreme creator of the marvelous. First Avenger, father to all of us. The real captain, fighting American. Every heroine, heroine, no comparing to villains and Samaritans. Origins, warriors, and experiments. Humble, no arrogance. We bow to his legacy, embrace his heritage. Where do I begin? An endless imagination. A creative genius influencing generations. A World War II veteran company athlete. Welcome to the first episode of our brand spanking new Patreon only spin off podcast. And to kick things off, we're rocking out to Adam Illis Walenta's badass Jack Kirby jam from his Kaboom album produced by DJ Johnny Juice. If you go directly to our show notes, you can find links to his website at www.adamwalenta.com. Hit up his store. You can purchase the CD there. Uh, you can also find him on Twitter at Adam Walenta. But if you want to hear the entire song, you can just wait to the end of this episode where I'm going to drop the entire track. I adore this song. It's Amazing. It's such a great tribute to Jack Kirby. I think the young people would call it a slap. It Yes, I think the young people would call it a slap. <laughs> it certainly slaps. Uh, so it's a slap and it slaps. That's what a slap is? I'm not... I'm not entirely positive. Oh boy, I'm oh self-conscious boy. about even saying it. <laughs> well, good thing this is a Patreon episode where all of you listeners are sworn to an oath of secrecy <laughs> where you can't let any of this info slip out into the world. Phew, you paid for that, Jim. Uh, so the way we're going to launch this new Patreon series is we 
with what we're calling comically real. Real with double E's, like a movie reel. That's right, like a movie reel. It's wordplay. We love it. Uh, This is where we come to do deep dives into the best and maybe worst comic book movie adaptations. For our first episode, we're riding the wave of enthusiasm for all things Silver Surfer that we've established over on our main series, dissecting the romantic woes of Norrin Rad and Don Greenwood, and revisiting a Marvel movie pre-MCU, 2007's Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Wave of enthusiasm sounds dirty. (laughs) Because it's a big splash? That's right. Sploosh. (laughs) I'm weirdly nervous recording this episode. Because it is launching our Patreon series, um, I'm obviously extremely grateful for every listener that has joined us on this venture. Don't tell our other listeners. But you're our favorite. That's right. (laughs) You guys are our favorites. And podcasting is absolutely fun, but it also takes time, effort, and a lot of work. And we're doing that strictly out of love and passion for the material. So what you're really investing in is our time. Yes. You know, for every $60 earned That's a student that Lisa can drop, which is time she can redirect into comic book couples counseling. That's that's right. I love my students. Yes. But but I love you guys more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, so what 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 kind of shows can you expect? You can expect more comically reels in your future. Uh, We're certainly going to cover 2019's Hellboy. I love that film. I know the rest of the world is not as big of a fan of it. Uh, Spoiler alert. I also love that movie, though. Just another love fest. I think it could deserve, you know, it that's a movie that deserves a little uh, bit of a champion and we can be that champion. Uh, We're also going to do something uh, we haven't totally figured out what we're going to call these episodes, but it's based off of the something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue and wedding are, ritual. That's right. And those are just going to be like comic book wrecks. Yeah, they're going to be review episodes. So we'll review an old comic, a new comic, fresh off the stands. Something Some, borrowed is going to be a suggestion from you guys. And then something blue will be like um, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connors, the pro. It might be something racy. It might have a lot of swearing in it. Or it might just be the color blue. It'll be like an all, like, could Bloom be something blue? The comic book by Panetta and Savannah Ganachow? I, I guess it could be, though. It, do they, do you guys really want to hear me gush more about Bloom? Well, that that's the thing that I like also that the Patreon channel offers up is it gives us an opportunity to talk a little bit more and go in different directions with Silver Surfer or talk a little bit more about sex criminals now that that has wrapped up. We can go into so many different avenues in this channel. It really frees us up. If you want an entire episode about us talking about our jogging experiences. That's right. We might drop that here, too. Yeah, why not? And guess what? If you are one of our dearly beloved or you're a happily ever after, our ears are are your sounding boards. That's not a saying, but you know what I mean. You you get to make suggestions because we are going to be listening to you directly. And you can find us in our Slack channel. I'm glued to my phone. I'll always be there to ask anything. I'm and an introvert. Answer anything. Is the <laughs> I'm an introvert. Oh yeah, I'm an introvert, and so I'm going to be on there rarely. And so you have to, it'll be like spotting a unicorn. We're going to get you on there, Lisa. We're going to make you a Slack maniac in a way that you're not quite a Twitter maniac yet. Okay. 
And we're going to have more guests. We've already lined up with some cool people. That's right. To talk, not necessarily creator corner stuff. Those are still coming. But maybe you want to talk to Matt Herms about Sonic the Hedgehog comics. That's going to happen. Who wouldn't? But let's get into today's topic. Uh, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, directed by Tim Story, written by Don Payne and Mark Frost. Um, obviously based on the coming of Galactus storyline, the great epic Stan Lee and Jack Kirby story that we adore. And we talked a little bit about during our Don and Norrin uh, episodes. Uh, but this is very different than that. And we're traveling to a time period, 2007, one year before Iron Man comes out, where the comic book landscape was radically different. 2007 doesn't sound like that long ago. No, it doesn't. I would have just been finishing up my undergraduate degree. This was when we were working together at Barnes & Noble. We right. had not even started dating yet. Yes, and I had seen some of the X-Men films, yeah. but this movie was one that was just straight up not on my radar at all. And I was not necessarily really looking forward to revisiting it because at the time I was not a fan of either of these Fantastic Four movies. And I was somewhat of an X-Men movie fan, uh, but not like a hardcore fan. I could never really get past my own um, ideas of what an X-Men team should look like and act and what a story should be. But like, our, I, our lives have progressed so much since 2007. Yes, yes. And filmmaking has progressed a lot since 2007. Like you watch this movie, I feel like I'm watching a movie from 1997. Yeah, uh, Right. I agree with you. At the same time, you know, I wanted to start here because of just wrapping up the Don and Norrin stuff and I'm in a big time Silver Surfer mood. I, I, I love the character and I was like, let's Let's revisit this film and let's see if it holds up. Asking that and knowing that it wouldn't hold up. But here's the shock, Lisa. Uh, I kind of loved this movie. I was totally <laughs> charmed by it. I was really surprised at how much I liked Rise of the Silver Surfer. And not in ironic or um, mocking way. I legitimately enjoyed this film. I think that Tim's story gets to the spirit of those 60s Marvel comics where it's a group of, of, of family members. You know, it's a bickering family. They're trying to work things out. Um, they've got real world problems and big superhero stuff keeps getting in the way. How do you balance that life? Can you have a family when Galactus is on the horizon? It's exactly what I love about comics. It's the melodrama plus the over-the-top action. And while I don't love every cast member like Ian Griffith like you're not the worst Reed Richards you're just not my Reed Richards yeah Jessica Alba you're not terrible in this movie but you're not my Sue Storm um Chris Evans as the Human Torch amazing oh my god he's, he's so perfect. good he's perfect he gets Johnny perfectly oof we're not going to edit those out. This no. is Patreon. No, this is Patreon. You, you guys like us enough, you can listen to our motorcycles outside. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and, and like when Johnny is bickering with Ben, uh, Ben being played by The Shield's Michael Chiklis, who for the majority of this movie is encased in a big rubber suit, which looks great. I love it. I love the rubber suit. Much prefer this than what we got uh, with Jamie Bell in the Josh Trank Fantastic Four movie, mm -hmm. the big CGI dump. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
these guys are so good together. I, I want to watch a whole Marvel two in one involving Chickless and Evans's human torch. Do I like Evans more as Captain America? Of course, I'm not crazy, but he is a great human torch. Chris Evans as Johnny Storm is like if you took his skateboard bro from Scott Pilgrim, <laughs> another one of my favorite comic He's book He's such movies. a jerk in that, though. He is, but then you mix them. You mix them up in a Petri dish with a little bit of Captain America, and that's Johnny Storm. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah, and he's absolutely a cad, and there's maybe a little bit of that over-the-top woman-hunting personality that they give Johnny. What What was your impression? Was it the uh, strip club slash nightclub scene? Uh, correct. Also, when he's coming out of the shower and he's wearing just that little towel uh-huh. and the military lady who passes by and he's being such a hound dog towards her and she wants none of it. But, but then he, he immediately regrets it. He does. He does. And he, he then spends the rest of the movie trying to win her over, which he does successfully. I, I got to say, though, that bit where... He takes the moisture from the shower and turns it into steam. Dreamy. I think it's so funny. I fell for him in that moment. (laughs) Uh, And then just the general story I appreciate. Uh, Reed and Sue, they want to get married. Sue wants Reed to pull himself out of the lab, not worry so much about this bizarre, uh, unnatural phenomenon that's happening across the globe and concentrate on this big day, right? But he doesn't want to do it. The military, Andre Brower's in this film, Homicide Life on the Street. That's right. And he wants Reed to, you know, to serve the country. He needs to serve the country, serve your people. Uh, And he tries to do both. And then who crashes the wedding? Well, Stan Lee in a cameo tries to crash the wedding. Great cameo. Rejected. (laughs) Uh, And then the Silver Surfer shows up. That's right. And... Lisa, what did you think about the Silver Surfer? No complaints there. Aesthetically, he he embodies kind of that classic Kirby look. And action-wise, he's still under the thrall of Galactus. He is in servitude mode, and he is like a machine. He is cold, calculating, and just doing what it takes to stay ahead of Johnny Storm. That that chase sequence that introduced him is really, really cool. They do a couple things with his abilities that are not necessarily from the comics where he's phasing through the Empire State Building. That's like his big hero moment where he comes out the other side and Johnny's like, whoa, that's cool. And then they fly through the tunnels and they whip around and like the surfer goes right through that bus. And there's this moment that I think is so cool where the surfer, he knows he's being pursued. He dips down. He he pushes his face forward towards his board. And then he melds through his board, going upside down and looking behind him at Johnny. And like that's something that's not in the comics, but totally works for this movie. Technology has obviously come a long way, but I think that they really, they use the technology to serve this film. It looked good. And the fact that we get a performance that involves Doug Jones, Mm -hmm. who we all adore from Hellboy and The Shape of Water and a bajillion other things. He's our Saru in Star Trek Discovery. Love. Uh, He's being choreographed by Terry Notary, who does all the ape work on the recent Planet of the Apes films. He also has the most amazing cameo in The Square. If you have seen the square you should watch that movie just for terry notary sequence and if you have seen the square you're cool you are cool and then the voice is lawrence fishburne and he like 
He sounds like what the surfer should sound like. He sounds like gravitas. Yeah, he sounds like the power cosmic. And and so that that presentation of the surfer, I think, is uh, it, it nails it 100%. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, Galactus. Lisa, this Galactus is not good. Talk about a downgrade. He's just like he's just like a a visible fart. Yeah. <laughs> he is just a, he's just a cloud of, of particles that makes everything suck a little. It's so boring. And there are moments when, you know, the Galactus cloud passes across Saturn and you think you're going to get the silhouette of the big helmet uh-huh. and then you don't. And then when at the end of the film when the surfer flies into the Galactus fart, um, <laughs> you, like there's like that Eye of Sauron, fiery uh, yeah. thing going on, and you kind of see a shadow of that helmet once again. But to me, that just feels like a cloudy middle finger to the comics. Uh, well, I mean, yes, I agree. It also speaks to this era of comic book movies where you felt like the producers and the makers didn't have the confidence that these comic book concepts would sell to a mainstream audience, right? This is the type of thinking that gave you X-Men in leather suits instead of their colorful costumes. This is the type of thinking that was eradicated by the MCU with the Avengers and Thor and, and just embracing all this, uh, you know, all this comic book goodness, right? And if if this movie had delivered the big G mm-hmm. in that crazy helmet and he's this giant titan of a dude, uh, I, I mean, I would have I would have died of happiness. Uh, but instead, yes, I feel like I'm getting the finger. But Galactus isn't really even the big bad of this film. Yeah, I guess not. It's Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom, Julian McMahon, um, coming back after the first film. Uh, that's another question I should ask you, Lisa. Having not seen the first Fantastic Four, did you feel like you you were missing something? No, absolutely not. Now, having seen Rise of the Silver Surfer, do you kind of want to go back and watch the first Fantastic Four movie? I'm good. Okay, okay, all right, all right. I do want to revisit the first Fantastic Four movie because I generally had so much good time with that Rise of the like Silver Surfer. That feels like a trick question because <laughs> off microphone... I was like, is the first Fantastic Four movie this good? And you're like, nah. Oh, well, yes, that is true. I did say that. And I don't think that the first Fantastic Four movie is as good as The Rise of the Silver Surfer. But maybe I'm wrong the way that I was wrong about this sequel. Maybe I will be surprised by what I find when we revisit the first Fantastic Four. So I do want to go back and watch it. And I'm going to make you watch it, too. That's fine. But Doctor Doom is the big bad, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And, um... Is Julian McMahon the perfect Doctor Doom? I don't know if they necessarily give you enough to answer that. I think it's kind of hilarious where, like, we think we're going to get a uh, precursor to the Loki situation uh. where he's, like, the evil guy, but all of a sudden we need him and he he serves the team. But no, actually, we uh, rely on him and, again, he stabs us in the back. But when he stabs us in the back and he betrays the team and he steals the surfer's board because they learn that the board is uh, a beacon for Galactus and it's also the source of the power cosmic for Norrin. So when Norrin is separated from the board, he goes all like ashy black, which actually looks really cool. He looks a lot like how the surfer looks like now in the Donnie Cates comics, right? He's all black. I don't talk about those comics. I I know. You're still hurt. You're still hurt by Silver Surfer Black. Uh, We should do a Patreon episode all about Silver Surfer Black. Um, But that's going to take some work, listeners, because Lisa 
really doesn't like that series. I will not read it. It's not my canon. <laughs> Tradmore's art's so beautiful, though, Lisa. It is. It's gorgeous. When Doctor Doom gets the board and he stands on it and you get that shot of his two little metal feet locking into place, um, that was a very comic book moment. Yeah. And the rest of the movie where the team has to fight Doctor Doom aboard the surfer's board to me, that was awesome. I think that is such a great final action sequence. Does everything quite work? Is it as thrilling as maybe that scene could be? Maybe not, but conceptually, that's what a Fantastic Four movie should be doing. Do you know what I enjoyed more than I anticipated, though? What's that? Was Johnny Storm yes. taking on the abilities of all of the other Fantastic Four members. Right. So... He's punching him in the face with the fists of the thing, and he's going invisible, and he's using power shields. And the reason that's happening is because he was the first person to encounter the surfer at the wedding. He gained an ability where if he touches any of the team members, they switch. It's like a Freaky Friday situation, and the first time it happens, it's Johnny and Sue Storm, and Sue Storm completely freaks out. I think freaks out a little too much. I think that (laughs) if you're on fire... And you don't immediately die, you're probably fine. I mean, and she's gone through a similar experience already. I feel like she would have adapted to the flame abilities a little quicker. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. But I did like the comedy of when they switch back, she has no clothes on. Uh, Who doesn't want to see Alba with no clothes? I mean, I'm no comment. (laughs) Uh, Now, at the end, what you're talking about. Yeah. And like, it, it is interesting that the final action scene of the movie is Sue Storm dying uh, because Dr. Doom has thrown a power cosmic uh, rod into her chest, penetrating her shield. Uh, Mr. Fantastic cradling her in despair. Uh, and then the team going like, let's give all our powers to Johnny. Johnny takes them all. He goes full Super scroll, And that scene is awesome. And, you know, he's got the big fists, he's stretchy, he's turning invisible, he's throwing fireballs, and he he demolishes Doom. And there's a couple shots there where he's wrapped his body around Doom like Mr. Fantastic. He's on fire and he's beating him with the big fists. And I love that. But you got to give Michael Chiklis something to do because he's lost his ability to yeah, do the thing. Yeah. And what what how does he contribute to this fight? He climbs up a very conveniently placed uh, crane. And he uses that to swing some uh, construction pipes or whatever to knock Doom like a baseball across uh, uh, Shanghai. They they gave all of the other Fantastic Four members things to do, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like I, I do love because Johnny Storm and Chris Evans's performance as Johnny Storm is so good that the movie comes down to a brawl between him and Doctor Doom and. There's just some really great badass Chris Evans moments in that sequence. Yeah. And they dominate Dr. Doom. And that's when the surfer uses his power cosmic to start the healing process of Sue. He brings her literally back from the dead. He goes full Lazarus on Sue. And he confronts Galactus Fart up in the (laughs) sky. And he power cosmic so hard he obliterates Galactus. Yeah. And himself, seemingly, but not, because there's a little mid-credit Mid-credit sequence. But, of course, we're at the end of the movie, and uh, we skipped everything I wanted to talk about, because I want to talk about the relationship stuff. Yeah, of course. uh, We are the Comic Book Couples Counseling Podcast. Uh, Sorry about that. So let's start with Sue and Reed. I found 
their melodrama aspect of she wants a day where he is not working so mm-hmm. they can have like a nice wedding and they can move on with their lives and maybe actually settle down. That's a real generic storyline. I mean, it's a basic uh, early FF kind of idea. Uh, it's it's certainly something I want to get beyond because for me, Fantastic Four is all about being a fantastic family. And I'm waiting for the movie that deals with the kids, Franklin and Val. Like, I'm really excited to bring the children of the Fantastic Four into the narrative. But I don't mean just like run of the mill for a Fantastic Four story. I'm like saying like for okay. the the like story of women and men. Men just want to work, work, work. And ladies sure. are like, hey, I made you a cocktail. Agreed, agreed. Uh, <laughs> a lot of that stuff was really eye-rolly for uh-huh. me. But I did like how at the end of the film, you kind of got the message of um, you can't expect, like, when you get married, you can't expect the perfect life. All you can expect is, well, what's your life? Mm -hmm. You know, Um, we can't expect that after that big day, everything is going to change. You're still going to be two human beings looking at each other going like, I'm hot, you're hot, but what do we do now? You know, uh-huh, kind of. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, yeah. So uh, that that relationship, I think, is pretty uh, basic. I do love that we get a little Alicia Masters in this yes. with Ben. Played by Kerry Washington, who is an amazing actress, but I cannot separate her from Boston Legal. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think Django Unchained now, uh, and then Boston Legal, but for sure. I was so excited to see her in this. I had forgotten that she was in it. You know, she's doing that very typical blind acting style. Uh-huh. But it, it works. It's good. It's I, good. I, do you know what it reminds me of? And this is so unfair. Oh, no. Um, but hopefully she's not a Patreon subscriber. Is There's like one episode of Boston Legal where she's condescending. Lisa Rice. Oh, yeah. yeah. At the Halloween party. Uh-huh. And for some reason, her blind face is very similar to her Condoleezza Rice face <laughs> to me. I don't know why. Uh, I need to watch that episode again. I don't but know if I, I can agree I with that. I liked her inclusion in the film. And I thought, I thought her relationship with Ben Grimm was so cute. And especially how it baffled Johnny Storm. Exactly. That's what I really liked is that Johnny would mock them. But you could tell through the mocking that he was also jealous of what they had. And it, yeah, exactly. It wasn't because Kerry Washington is a hot, hot hottie, which she is. Absolutely. But is. it's because they found a relationship that is supportive and true. Yeah. And I couldn't remember if Alicia Masters played a little bit more of a role in this film. And I started to think, oh, they're going to use Kerry Washington to interact with the Silver Surfer the way that she does in the comics to open his mind up to earthly ways, but actually, no, uh, that's going to go to Sue Storm. That's her role. She's going to do a little bit of a, like, not quite a Namor the Submariner relationship with Silver Surfer because there's not there's not really heat there, but there is interest, and th- they are the ones who kind of get some downtime together. Downtime as in she's interrogating him while he's strapped to a thingy inside a military uh, yeah, thingy. Yeah, she's not like, I mean, she's not interrogating him. He had just gone through the interrogation process and she was sneaking in to see what was going down and then he showed her the deal with his belly yeah, television. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Teletubby. He's a t- 
<laughs> Silver Surfer He's is a pa- Teletubby. Tart, part Zen Law, part Power Cosmic, all Teletubby. <laughs> he, he is. He is. And uh, he tells her about the threat that's coming. It's Galactus. Um, and he says, you know, like, you know what, though? You kind of look like a lady I once knew, Shala Ball. And uh, that makes me uncomfortable because I'm about to murder everyone on your planet. Yeah. Well, she empathizes with him because he does say, like, it's not really up to me. Like, I am in servitude to Galactus and, like, I had to do this because of the, You guys know the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think it's interesting that it's always, like, a lady who unlocks mm. Silver Surfer's compassion. Mm-hmm. Like, uh... Initially, it was Alicia Masters. To me, always, it is Don Greenwood. Mm -hmm. And now Sue Storm. I just don't understand why it always comes down to a woman to show the Silver Surfer the softer, kinder, sweeter, more empathetic side of humanity. Like, that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, yeah. um, I mean, that... One thing we know about the Silver Surfer is, like, he likes the ladies. He does like the ladies. Was that your Hamilton? Yes, it was. I'm so glad you could tell because it didn't sound right in my head. And I was like, I hope this translates. And and ultimately, in this film, what she shows him isn't much. It's not like Don Greenwood or Alicia Masters does in the comics. Uh, He literally just sees her, recognize her as a human who kind of looks like Shala Ball, who he loved, and that memory of Shala Ball is what kind of wakes up his shame a little bit. Yeah, and, and then, that, and I think seeing her and the Fantastic Four interact as a team against Galactus, I think he goes like, well, if I have to choose a side, why am I choosing the big fart in the sky kind and of idea? when Doctor Doom kills mm. Sue... That is like a tiny little microcosm of what Surfer is about to do to this whole planet. And uh, I didn't think about this before, but he, like, Dr. Doom just double-crossed Silver Surfer, true, too. True. So I'm sure he's a little he's a little ticked about that. And, 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 and so, like, it's very um, simple math that he does. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go too deep into it. And uh, his heart light turns on. He switches sides. He's going to go take care of Galactus himself, which is pretty impressive. But that is one of my pet peeves in movies where you have a character like the Silver Surfer who has all this power that we don't quite understand. We just know it's power. So when it's Silver Surfer versus Galactus Cloud, what action is actually happening? I mean, the Surfer's kneeling down. He's squeezing himself. He's turning brighter and brighter. And when he stands up... You know, this this bomb of light attacks the Galactus cloud. But that's not actually like a fight scene. That's we're literally just waiting for the movie to wrap up this plot point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cosmic jazz hands. Cosmic jazz hands from the Teletubby. Uh, And the movie ends uh, not in Shanghai. We take another trip over to Japan for a wedding. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just a, an intimate wedding with all of their closest Japanese friends. That's correct. That's correct. And uh, what what I do like is that the priests from the New York wedding played Brian by... Brian Posehn. Yeah, Brian Posehn, a one-time writer of Deadpool comics. And a stand-up comedian. Yeah, stand-up comedian. And metalhead. And a metalhead. And father. And actor. Because right. he's great in this tiny little role. He's there in Japan. He starts to marry them. 
Uh, but again, there's like a beeping wristwatch situation. But this time, it's mm. Sue that's like, let's wrap this up. We have important Fantastic Four stuff to do. Yeah, and she's come to the realization that chasing normalcy is just not for them. And you can have happiness and be the Fantastic Four and fighting Galactus clouds and whatnot. That's right. Uh, I also really love the, that the movie ends with them getting in the Fantastic Car. We haven't even really talked about the Fantastic Car, but the Fantastic Car is in this. It's fantastic. It's a, it's a Dodge. It's yeah. a Dodge for some reason. Well, we know why. <laughs> you know, money. Uh, they get in their Dodge Fantastic Car, and they do that uh, Fantastic Four symbol in the clouds, and the movie ends. Uh, then we get the mid-credit sequence, Silver Surfer's still alive. Um, but again... While it's not a perfect movie, you compare this to the recent Josh Trank film and having revisited the X-Men movies rather recently as well, I got to say Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer is a lot better than the rest of the 20th Century Fox output. I think that it achieved all it aspired to. It Uh was a super fun comic book movie that... Was feel good. Uh, the action was fun. It was cartoony. I liked it. And while it does hold back on some of that comic book goodness, I feel like it is the most comic booky movie of the uh, pre two thousand seven stuff. Uh, I think just having uh, Ben Grimm there as the thing, as this big plastic suit, was pretty brave. Yeah, and I think paid off. And Doctor Doom on a surfboard. Yeah, that's so fun. Uh, So I think like something we could do just to wrap this up, Lisa, is to go to IMDb and go through the trivia. I haven't done this yet. That's fun. I always enjoy Uh, the trivia. It's something that I do after I watch every movie or most movies. Uh, Now, right off the bat on the trivia, it says that Jessica Alba wore a blonde wig because her hair had suffered from all the bleaching in the previous Fantastic Four movie. That that makes sense. I mean, it looks like a total wig. Yeah. It doesn't look uh, like, like her natural hair. But neither do those crazy blue contacts they gave her. Yeah, and neither do uh, most of the wigs they put uh, Scarlett Johansson in when she's not using her natural hair. Well, that's true. Uh, Originally, Lawrence Fishburne was keen to provide the voice for Galactus. He happily switched to the role of the Silver Surfer when it was decided to make Galactus mute. Oh, I could see a Lawrence Fishburne Galactus voice. Totally. But I, I... I think he's a good silver surfer. Who would you cast as Galactus? Oh, gosh. That's a big question. That's a lot of responsibility. Who's your favorite big, booming, rolling voice? I mean, when you phrase it like that, I mean, the first voices that come to mind are, you know, Darth Vader, James Earl Jones, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, my God. You are not wrong. I think that's kind of interesting. But maybe that's the wrong way to go. Since you're going like Lawrence Fishburne with all that gravitas with Silver Surfer, maybe you don't go big and booming for Galactus. You go shrill? Well, not necessarily shrill, but maybe a little more muted, not 100% mute, but a little more muted what if you got like benicio del toro oh because he's wacky like he he's famous for his voices um you know uh like like sometimes they're unintelligible but i kind of think he could come up with something like if you said you're gonna be galactus i feel like benicio del toro would understand the importance of being galactus and he wouldn't be totally silly with it sure uh, also maybe like tom hardy 
with a little Bane voice. Oh, yeah. Let the games begin. <laughs> I'm not stupid. against it. Uh, I'm sure I could come up with a better uh, voice than that if I if you gave me a little bit more time. And I'm sure our listeners have probably cast Galactus already because we need Galactus in the MCU. So head on over to our Slack channel. Let us know who you would have as Galactus. Ooh, that's a great question. Maybe Alan Rickman. This is in 2007. Well, Alan Rickman's dead. but it, oh, I mean, oh. in 2007, he was still yeah, alive. That's true. That's true. He's still alive in the past. We know that from Silver Surfer. That's right. That's right. Oh, my gosh. And the final bit of trivia here says, uh, you know, plans for a third installment, as well as a Silver Surfer solo film, hence the mid-credit sequence, were discarded after this film flopped at the box office. Uh, I would have liked a third movie. I certainly would have loved a Lawrence Fishburne, Doug Jones, Terry notary silver surfer film absolutely and i still have my fingers crossed for a silver surfer film in our future so what would you you would want him like trapped on earth no 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 i definitely would not want him trapped on earth i would want a space film we're doing cosmic movies now right we've got guardians of the galaxy we've got the eternals i want a cosmic silver surfer story Sure. i know in my heart that there is a parallel universe where this silver surfer solo film exists and in that parallel universe, we also have a podcast, yeah. but instead of speaking to microphones, we speak into shoes. I hope we don't end up on Battleworld. Um, that would be terrible. Oh, gosh. No, no, no. Would not survive against the Marvel zombies. But we got to wrap this up, you yes. guys. Yes. So on our main show, we've just completed Norrin and Don uh, series. Which That's right feels like a milestone to, to us. And we are about to kick off uh, this Wednesday. Hopefully, if everything drops on schedule, on time, you know, that's hard for us. We are launching our new series on Miyamoto Usagi and Lady Tomo Ame. And full transparency, at this time, I have not picked the self-help book yet. And we haven't even started reading those comics yet. So uh, is it going to get out on Wednesday? Boy, cross your fingers. But we will be here in our Patreon feed uh, every week bringing you something, whether that's a comically real or uh, some random nonsense about us jogging and or every, reviews. That's right. And every day we'll be in our snack sn- snack feeds. Uh, I, yum, yum, yum. I, I our would, Slack feeds. I want to be in our snack feeds. Talking to you guys. Guys and uh, finding out which one of you do do any of you read along with us? That's that's my dream. That's my dream. That's my dream too. Yeah. And uh, okay, so that's gonna do it for us. You can find us on all our normal social media feeds. Lisa, where can they send their words of affirmation to you? That's so sweet, Brad. Though these people, I hope, are already following us on Twitter. I hope so too. I am always accepting words of affirmation at Sidewalk Siren on Instagram and Twitter. Brad. Yeah. Where can our listeners send send the words of affirmation to you? You can find me on all social medias at MouthDork. Don't forget, you can commit to this podcast by subscribing to us on Spotify, um, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Podbean. YouTube, Podbean. Uh, we need to get on that Amazon Music, Lisa. We're not quite there yet. We should, Is that a we thing? should do that. Yeah, I've seen some other podcasts advertising on there. We need to do that. Uh, and of course, you know, keep glued to the Patreon channel. And guys, once again, like, for real, we really appreciate you joining us in this world on this channel. It, like, we're, I am not insincere. It's crazy to me that you want to hang out with us, and it means a lot to me and Lisa. Absolutely. And Lisa, you're going to get on that Slack. Yeah, I am. I yeah, am. I want to talk to you guys. Yeah, you do. So find us in the Slack. Let's hang out. Let's talk. Let's chat. And in the meantime, Brad, what should they do? Uh, they should 
listen to the rest of this Adam Walenta song. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then after that, keep your love tank full. Keep your love tank full. And your psychic rapport open. Thank you, thank you. Well, the characters represent uh, a sort of a, a transcendent feeling that we, we all have inside us that uh, uh, we could do better. We want to do better. Uh, we have the time to do better. That uh, we can be the people that we Yo, all hail the king Born in 1917 Jacob Kurtzberg, supreme creator of the marvelous First Avenger, father to all of us The real captain, fighting American Every heroine, heroine, no comparing them Villains and Samaritans Origins, warriors and experiments Humble, no arrogance We bow to his legacy, embrace his heritage Where do I begin? An endless imagination A creative genius, influencing generations A World War II veteran Company F, 11th Infantry Regiment, none better with the pencil, brush, or pen. The creator of the style, imitated by many men. Never again will we see his time. He was a man ahead of his time. How they treated him truly a crime. I dedicate this rhyme to the man who birthed me, the king of comics, the legend Jack Kirby. To give thanks for all that he gave us and be the heroes he believed in that could save us. that story first. I feel that story first. I know those people first. When I put them down, they've already lived. And I put them down as I'd like them to live on those pages. My stories are very sincere. My stories are people's stories. And there's elements in my stories that are very, very real. And it doesn't matter what the subject is. And I've done stories in a wide range of subjects. Captain America and Bucky, the Fantastic Four, the Hulk and his little buddy, Rick Jones, the challenges of the unknown, Nick Fury, Shield, and the Howling Commandos, Galactus and the Silver Surfer, the Fourth World, New Gods, Mr. Miracle, and the Eternals, Thor and the Warriors Three, the Mighty Avengers, Iron Man, Machine Man, and Herbie, the Black Panther and Groot, Etrigan the Demon, Ant-Man, and Fin Fang Foo, the X-Men, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Angel Beast, and Nice Man in the Danger Room, Training to fight when Magneto strikes with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Omax, Sunny Sumo, and the Two Gun Kid. Command D, Devil Dinosaur, and Moon Boy. The Guardian and the Legion of Newsboys. Balder, the Silver Star, and Captain Victory. The Inhumans in the Watcher, keeping history. And that's just a short list of brilliant creations from the mind of a genius, Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby. person says I have a new idea and that's what Jack does and since you're a Patreon listener uh, here's the real business Lisa just broke my McFarland Toys thing figure I did well I'm a Fiddles McGee (laughs) you're Fiddles McGee and you broke my 
Blair head. The one leg that doesn't come off, I took it off. You took it off. I'm you so took it sorry. off. You guys would be shocked how few toys I break in this apartment. I'm sending you right to eBay. I live in an apartment where I'm surrounded by toys and I'm not allowed to touch anything. 